Welcome to the Reaching Forward podcast. Got power? We're in Ephesians chapter 6, the second part. That's verse 13 in chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians all the way to verse 24. So we dealt, if you didn't catch the first half of Ephesians chapter 6, it deals with relationships, relationships, relationships. And right now we're really going to expand on a relationship with the enemy. So welcome to Bible study. Well, what is that relationship? Armor up. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 13 to the end of the chapter, verse 24. Let's pray. Father, bless this Bible study. Have your way in Jesus' name. My name's Pastor Adam Bigelow. We'd like to invite you to church. I know that it's an odd time. Welcome to 2020. We're having a drive-up church service, 1857 Wells Road, Orange Park, Florida, 32073. You can stay in your car. You can ride up on your bike or just walk up. It lasts about 30 to 40 minutes. So we're outside again. It's drive-up church to keep everybody socially distanced. But we want to come together and have church. There's something about attending uh, a church service. So come be with us this Sunday, 9 a.m. God bless you. We hope that we see you there. So I used to love Pac-Man. In Pac-Man, I was never good at it, and I'm 46. So Pac-Man is not a new game. And they used to have those big machines, and you'd get, you'd plug your quarter in, and like again, I, I wasn't very good at it. But I knew that if I got to the the power pellet, those little ghosts that would would chase you would begin to run from you, and you could in turn eat them until it wore off. And then what did you need? Another power pellet. You needed to activate that power. This is what this Bible study is about: to activate the power of God. In verse 10, the apostle said, uh, finally, brethren, verse 10, finally, brethren, uh, and to backtrack a little bit from the last Bible study, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So in conclusion, the thing I really want you to remember, the apostle Paul said, in conclusion of all these chapters, God has provided the tools to his church to operate with the authority of heaven on earth. Did you hear that? God's given you everything you needed. He provides the tools, but we've got to take them. We've got to take them. You know, you can have medicine prescribed by the doctor. I remember I bought some medicine for my wife, okay? I don't have medical coverage, so I went and whatever they charged me, I I paid for it. So this was some years ago. And... I gave them, I remember I gave them a $100 bill. And I don't carry a wad of those around, okay? But I gave the Walmart, whatever the pharmacy, I gave them a Walgreens perhaps, or CVS, a $100 bill. And I remember they gave me change. Not dollars, but like coins. <laughs> you know, and I got the medicine, and thank God my wife's better. But you can be prescribed medicine, Weight, you, you can own weights, you can have a gym membership, you can have a gift card that's of absolutely no benefit to you if you do not use it. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, 
but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So there's a spiritual element to this warfare. Casting down imagination in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. So we've got to activate our faith. Have you ever received a debit card? There's a little sticker on the back. Must call, must go to a website. You've got to activate it. It can be hooked up. It can be, excuse me, in your pocket, in your purse, in your cell phone wallet, but not hooked up to your account. So we need to hook up our armor to our spiritual account, to God. Because in spiritual places, the Bible says in the beginning of the book of Ephesians, if you go all the way to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All of our spiritual blessings come from heavenly places. That's where our Lord is seated. That's where he has made us to sit in Christ. Where? In heavenly places, in spiritual places. Well, guess what? The Bible says that our weapons are not carnal, are they? Because the warfare also takes place. Our blessings are there. Our God is there. We're seated there. Uh... The warfare takes place there. Let me tell you, the victory in your life is going to take place in a spiritual realm. You know that you can be two places in once. Have you ever in this COVID uh, economy that we're in? God bless everybody out there. I know that there's some people going through some stuff. We discovered Zoom calls, okay? Zoom calls shows, you know, human technology. I can be in... Florida, and I can also be on a screen in uh, Wisconsin where my parents live, or uh, New York where my uh, couple of sisters live, or Minnesota where my brother and his wife live. I can be all of those places. I can be at where they are and where I am. Do you know that you can spiritually be one place and physically be another. Taking this armor and activating it is to spiritually take your right place. The Bible says in verse 13, let's just jump in. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. God's given you the ground. And what, what is an evil day? That's when it seems like the, the devil's coming to take you apart. To take you apart. Make you quit going to church. Make you quit trusting God. Uh, maybe your finances are coming apart. Your family's coming apart. That's an evil day. I mean, that's not just a regular struggle when you get a flat tire, but that's when uh, you know, the, you're in a real spiritual warfare. And when that happens, you want something that works, not some theory, not something that somebody said that somebody said or someone's cousin said that their cousin said. You want the goods, and God's got the goods. So verse 14 Let's jump into the armor. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So there are six pieces of armor. Let's look at the first one. Your loins, your midsection, girt about 
with truth. This sounds kind of cool, this uh, you know, uh, Bible kind of a truth equipment belt that holds everything else together. And some people might tell you, well, pastor, you know, this pastor said to, to, to put all of the armor on every morning. Well, that sounds pretty cool. And I'm not saying not to do that. But God is real practical, practical isn't he? Keep it on. <laughs> How do you do that? By reading his word, by praying, by soul winning. Keep this armor activated. What's the, what's the first thing? The belt of truth. Now, Paul modeled all this probably from a Roman centurion's armor. Maybe he was chained to one. Uh, someone had theorized or chained to a couple of centurions and got a good look at the armor. However the case, this belt of truth, the truth is the important part. The truth is an absolute standard by which reality is measured. Uh, one preacher said, not, it's not the truth that makes you free. But knowing it. You know, I, I've heard someone say this. The truth will make you free, but first it'll make you mad. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. But when the gospel is presented to you, it said, Jesus said in John 8, 32, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You've got to have accepted this gospel truth into your life. People know scriptures, but knowing the truth is knowing Jesus Christ. And when that truth comes into your life, you can identify <laughs> the word of God is true. Thy word is truth. You can identify the false because it's not true. What do you call someone? You see, the enemy is a liar. What do you call someone who lies? I said that wrong. What do you call someone who tells the truth 99% of the time? They tell the truth 99% of the time. What do you call them? A liar. But the, the, the Bible says the enemy, our, the enemy of our soul is the father of lies. The, there, it said that a policeman came upon a farmer. He was on his tractor and he had just finished burying a busload of lawyers that had crashed onto one of his fields. And the officer came up in his police car and he looked at the farmer and looked at the big grave and he said, wow, were they all dead? The farmer said, well, some of them said they weren't, but you know how them lawyers lie. You see, we have the truth of God's word. The belt held up the other parts of the armor. We need the truth and we need to know God's word. We need to know that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We need to know God's word. I remember there was a brother who told me, uh, his name is, is Matthew. And the man that he met at a church service said, uh, well, in any case, Brother Matthew said, it's just like the first book in the New Testament, Matthew. And so the next time or another time that this new gentleman saw Brother Matthew, he said, Hey, Brother Genesis! <laughs> well, he didn't remember that it was the first book of the New Testament. He got the first book of the Bible. He said, Preacher, I didn't get that joke. Well, we need to know the Word of God so we get the joke. Because otherwise the joke's going to be on us. We need the belt of truth of God's Word. God is true. Let God be true. And every man a liar. God says what's true. And then we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness, the second thing. You know, religion is great, but God wants us to be right. 
You know, a lot of times people will talk to you about things, but it's really, it goes down to having a little talk with Jesus and being right. The enemy, and you know that, look, drunk people like to talk about religion. Someone told me, like, oh, heavy metal songs, or maybe it was me thinking about this. They're all about religion. But being right, the breastplate of righteousness. You know, it's interesting. We have something called a rib cage. It protects your vital organs. God actually made Eve from a rib. And truly, wives are to, I believe, be a part of protecting their husbands, not physically, but in other ways. Wives protect. They're made from a rib. I was watching a a, a body cam footage of a police officer in Daytona that went to apprehend a suspect. And as he, the police officer opened the door in this apartment, the man, uh, the suspect, shot the officer right in the chest. And you went, the man went down. He was in, uh, the officer went down. He was in some severe pain. But in a few minutes, he got up. Why? He was wearing his bulletproof vest. He got shot in the vest. The righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of Christ will protect our vital organs. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, it's not our righteousness, it's Christ's. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and, there it is, righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. See, God wants us not to just be right, but to do right. If you ever read the Sermon on the Mount, you know how it ends? Jesus said, therefore, in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 24 to 27, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. You know, don't we teach our kids to do right? I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And Jesus continued and said, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And that same rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell And great was the fall of it. Jesus said the difference was the doing. To being right with God. To be right with God. It's the righteousness of Christ. It's our breastplate. Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 17. To transition to the third piece of armor. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Verse 15 said, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. These are those gospel shoes. The the Romans had uh, footwear to protect their feet. And uh, it's been shared that there were perhaps spikes in the shoes of those Roman soldiers to give them traction in battle, in uneven ground, sure footing, if you please, to stay in the fight or to stay on the right path. 
to stay on the right march. Do you know, how do you know you're doing the right thing, going the right way? How do you know you're on the right path? I'm talking to you. Well, here's one thing. Here's one thing that I use in my life. Colossians said, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. It's Colossians 3 and 15. That word rule means like be an umpire. Let the peace of God determine if you're doing the right thing. I'm not talking about when situations are favorable. That's just happiness. Those are great. You know, you know, thank God it's Friday type of attitude. Those things are great when they come and go. But this is the evil day. The Bible said we can have the peace of God in an evil day and know that we have those gospel shoes on. Two friends walked into a coffee shop to grab a coffee. Why do you always grab a coffee? What did it ever do to you? Well, anyway, so the barista was really sarcastic and rude to the men. After paying, one of the friends who went there all the time smiled and said, have a nice day, and the two friends left. After they left, the second friend said, is that barista always that rude? The first friend said, every day. And the second friend said, are you always that nice? And the second friend said, every day. And the first friend said, why? The first friend said, well, I've made up in my mind to live my life in the peace of Jesus Christ, not in others' lack of it. You see, we can operate our life in the peace of God. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you in John chapter 16 and verse 33, that in me you might have peace. In who? In Christ. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Those gospel shoes in a real sense, we should be like this. God, give me peace to go forward or make me so uncomfortable that I do not move without your presence of peace. I don't want to do it without the peace of God. That'll keep you from a lot of mess in your life. When the peace of God is gone, check yourself. When the peace of God is there, even if the circumstances aren't maybe there, that peace of God is there, man, take a step for Jesus. In soul winning, in reaching people with the gospel, you're going to be uncomfortable a lot of times, but there's an overcoming peace of God that is going to be with you. I've had it where my leg is shaking, but I'm not moving. Why? Because God told me it's all right to stand, to stand, because the armor of God. Verse 16, the shield, the fourth thing. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. There was a preacher whose last name was Spurgeon, and a great preacher of yesteryear, and he quotes, but though these are all armor, yet faith is an armor for his armor. It is not only a defense for him, but a defense for his defense. That faith like a shield receives the blows meant for the man himself. The shield of faith is faith in the finished work of Christ. It was told, and you've heard perhaps the Spartan mothers would tell their sons, come back with your shield or on it. They said, don't ever give up that shield. Don't ever quit the fight. And, and the Apostle Paul said, above all, if you have to do one thing, if you have to remember one thing, 
take your shield. You see, spears, uh, it said that they were uh, fiery darts, right? That some enemy would make their uh, arrows flaming arrows. A dart is an arrow. And when they would shoot an arrow, they were an indirect fire weapon, so they were like a, a mortar. They would go up, and then they would come down. So above all, these, these, these arrows would come over the top, and you could use that shield. It was kind of like a door. These, these, were like, these shields were kind of like a curved door. And if you've seen any footage of current-day riots, some of those riot shields uh, that are plexiglass are, look similar to what the Roman centurion shield was. It was basically like a door that you could put in front of you or if the arrows were coming up over your head and it would block uh, those arrows from striking you. The shield was important. Our faith is indispensable. The Bible said without faith, faith, it is impossible to please him. We need our faith in Christ. You see, the enemy would love us to throw down our, our shield. You see, those arrows with the reflaming would also be a distraction. They would set things on fire. But our faith is able to quench those fires, those things that the devil wants to plant in your mind and just cause a, a forest fire. But the faith in Jesus Christ will put the fire out. You see, the Romans knew that shields were important too. And they carried a spear called a pilum, P-I-L-U-M. And if I said that wrong, forgive me. It was about six feet long or so, and it had a thick wooden shaft on the bottom. And on the top, two, three, two or three, two or uh, two feet or so, it was a thin iron foreshaft on the top. So it was thick on the bottom and just kind of like thin and tiny. It looked kind of funny. And it had this broad kind of pyramid looking head on the top, on the top of the iron foreshaft. So I watched the Smithsonian, cha Smithsonian Channel recreating how this weapon was used. So uh, they had a recreation of this pilum, this spear, and they had a shield which they towed on this kind of contraption to simulate someone approaching the Romans, okay, an approaching enemy. And the man threw the spear and it lodged in that shield. That thin part lodged all the way up to where it became a thick shaft. And then the man picked it up and he said, you couldn't pull it out accurately. So you've got this, this spear dangling in your shield. And so either people would have to kind of carry that spear with the shield or they would cast that shield away and keep fighting. Well, that's what the Romans hoped, that their enemies would discard that shield and be open to the Roman centurion's sword. Brethren, we, above all, don't cast away your shield. You need to hold on to that faith in Jesus Christ. The faith in Jesus Christ is what hinges, everything else hinges on. And faith is kind of an offensive weapon. The Romans had this thing called a boss. And it looked kind of like uh, in the center of the shield where your fist was. Uh, it would, on the outer part of the shield, it would be uh, look like, kind of like a door handle. And you could actually punch with the shield. So faith uh, is the substance. It's substantial of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen by it, the elders obtained a good report. Faith 
is part of your armor. Verse 17, the last two. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation. When I was in the military, we would uh, uh, do something called the helmet check. Someone was wearing their helmet, you'd take your helmet and smack it or something and smack them on the head. And it would hurt a little bit, but you had your helmet and it would absorb it. But uh, it was just kind of, I guess, just part of part of what we did in the military. But have you had a helmet check? Something's dinging off you. Where have we placed our hope? When we get rattled, we need that helmet of salvation. It's the hope that we have that makes not ashamed. John chapter 14 Jesus said in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there, ye may be also. We need the hope of heaven. We need the hope of heaven. Where's your hope? Put it back in the hope of heaven. Put hope in that salvation of God's plan, of God's deliverance that he did and had in your life. God makes a difference in hope. Makes us not ashamed. The last thing, our offensive weapon. Jesus, it said the sword of who? The spirit. Jesus used the spoken word in the wilderness. Well, why is there really only one weapon portrayed here? Well, it's really all he needed, wasn't it? Jesus put the enemy to flight with the spoken word of God. Used in conjunction with all of the other, with the truth of God, with the righteousness of God, with the peace of God, with the faith in God, with the salvation of God. That sword completes and allows us to go against the enemy. The Bible says, that when we put on all of those things, it completes us that we are able to go on the offense against God. When was the last time you used a scripture? You know, you can even be by yourself. And, you know, nothing's working out and just start saying, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. But we don't stop there. How do you put on this armor? That's kind of where I started the Bible study, but how do we put it on? Again, do we like, uh, pretend that we're putting on the belt and the, and the uh, breastplate and then the, 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 the shoes or the, you know, the gospel you know, shin guards and feet protectors and then you know, the helmet and the shield and, and the sword? Is that what we do? Well, let me would, I, I would like to present to you the next verse of Scripture, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. How do you start a walk with God? What? Prayer. How do you get healing? The prayer of faith. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe when you pray. 
That's how you keep this armor of God on. A life of prayer, a prayer life. That is just a practical application of all of these things, of the truth of God, the righteousness of God, the peace of God, God's salvation, God, the faith in God, and the Word of God. All of these things are activated spiritually in prayer. Put on the armor of God in prayer. Activate it now. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. Peter prayed three words. Lord, save me! And Jesus saved him from sinking in the water. Three words. We don't have to pray until the room windows fog up. Just pray. When you need God, pray. Actively pray. Pray without ceasing. That life of prayer keeps us active and our armor active. Keeps your debit card and God active. Not a credit card, a debit card. Verse 21, and kind of the end of the the chapter. But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister. And thank God for beloved brothers, faithful ministers. In the Lord shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, and that ye might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Got power? Well, we need to armor up. If you need to go re-listen to that, I, I really would ask that the most important thing is that you put it to practice, that you activate the armor of God, activate it in your life. If you're not a Christian, that you can activate all of these blessings by putting on Jesus, by confessing him as your savior. Simply say, Jesus, I I want you to come into my life. I I don't want to be religious. I want a relationship with you. And I will serve you as the Lord and a savior of my life. That's all you need to do to repent of uh, or change your mind about the way that you used to live and say, God, I believe that God, uh, that you have risen from the dead, that God hath raised him from the dead. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. And then Christian, I'm a Christian. Put on the armor. Do it today. Begin to walk in victory and stand. You can stand that onslaught in the evil day. God's armor works in the battle. God bless you is our prayer. Hope to see you in church.